Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. One of the surprising things about the Bible is that it coughs a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was just should awesome. We, should we start again? No way. We're keeping that. I think the listeners will like that. One of the surprising things about the Bible. That's just good radio. <laughs> that's right. right. Hey, yeah. This is real, man. You wanted something fake, you tune in somewhere else. <laughs> One of the surprising things about the Bible is that it's very concerned with everyday, ordinary activities of ordinary people. Hey, we didn't even set that up. No. See? I'm telling you, it's perfect. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10.31 that um, everything that we do matters, even the most mundane things like eating and drinking so he says whatever you whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all for the glory of god so what do americans believe about ordinary things of life Ligonier ministries released a state of theology survey earlier this year asking those very questions and it's a very fascinating survey if you haven't seen it yet just go to the state of theology.com one of the statements that it posed was god's concern with our everyday activities Statement 24 says this, God is unconcerned with my day-to-day decisions. Now, how would you answer that question? Well, among the millennial age group, that's the 18 to 34-year-olds, 36% agreed that God is unconcerned with our day-to-day decisions. Now, that is up 15% from just four years ago. In other words, There's a growing minority of millennials that believe that God is removed from our daily lives. Hmm. What would you tell this group? I believe what what Scripture teaches cover to cover is that God not only sovereignly governs over all things, but is also involved and engaged in the details of of what goes on in, in, in his creation. Um, we don't serve uh, a, a God that has removed himself from the world in which he created. That, um, as Paul would say, that it's in him that we move, that we are and we move and we have our breath, that all of those decisions of, of our day-to-day life are should be an extension of our union with Christ. And so just as we can't remove ourselves from our union with Christ, so we can't remove the influence of that union in the details of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this idea that God would not be concerned, well, why would he not be concerned with that which is united to his son? Um, that doesn't make any sense. Of course he's concerned about the what we would call the little decisions of life are still a reflection of our ultimate relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, re- remember that um, Jesus said, you know, you human fathers, you, you know how to give good gifts to your children. 
you know, if you then, and I love this little aside that Jesus does, if you then, being evil, <laughs> if you then, broken as you are, sinful as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Heavenly Father commit, and I'm paraphrasing freely here, but how much more then does your Heavenly Father commit to loving you and attending to, to the daily needs of your life? Um, and, and Jesus also said, um, and I'm reading from the Sermon on the Mount, I tell you, do not worry about your life. This is in Matthew chapter 6. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not the body more important than food and the uh, body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In in other words, your Father treasures you. Look, he, he, he cares for the flowers of the field. He cares for the birds of the air. He gives them their daily needs. How much more? Mm-hmm. Does he care for you? This idea of, of of a God who's not interested in our daily lives, that's that's not our heavenly Father that 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 Jesus shows us. Um, that that's the God of deism, yeah, uh, and a phony, yeah. And he, earlier he, in that, he taught just in that same passage, he had just taught them the the Lord's prayer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in that prayer, I mean, it, it it's getting into the details of life. I, Father, I, I I want your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, that's involving the communal aspect. I mean, it's plural pronoun, so it's praying for the church mm-hmm. um, as an individual within the church, but it's also give us our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it doesn't get much more mundane. Give give us what I need. Give mm-hmm. give me just the, the the necessary things of life for me to to be able to to live. Yeah. The ordinariness of life is really, you know, we re- we live in that. You know, you know, as you quoted earlier, uh, Russ, uh, he's given us life and breath. In him, we live and move and have our being. I mean, we're we're living in uh, his presence. And um, you know, as you pointed out, uh, the providence of God. The providence of God is this ever-present power of God, which he upholds with his hand, heaven and earth and all creatures, and he rules them so that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And so he's talking about, you know, the... you know the blessings of life and the adversities of life and all of those things have been filtered through the hand of God that come to us. So they come to us, you know, in order that we can glorify God. But they also come to us for our own good to shape us into the person that He wants us to be. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue, Jonathan, into our final question of the day. And it's Friday, so we hope to leave you here with some some gospel hope. So this disconnection of our day-to-day lives um, is also seen in the way that millennials answer questions regarding ethics. So question 29, statement 29 of the survey says that the Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. Now over half of millennials, 51%, agreed uh, that the Bible's condemnation of homosexuality doesn't apply today. And then one more ethical statement, statement 28 says that gender identity is a matter of choice. And 46% of millennials agreed that you can choose whatever gender you want. 
So my question for you brothers is not so much in the particulars of homosexuality or gender identity, but mm-hmm. rather how are these issues related to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah, um, well, f- first of all, I, I would just want to say that uh, issues around same-sex attraction and uh, gender confusion need to be treated with a great deal of compassion and, and pastoral, um, pastoral love and, and care. And if, if, if somebody's uh, struggling with those, uh, with those issues, um, I, I just, uh, just want to say uh, you, you can find Christians who will love you and, and will care for you. And um, very often, and let's just be honest, guys, sometimes the, sometimes the Christian church has led with condemnation and uh, that doesn't show uh, the the love and, and grace of Jesus Christ, but also I would say the the what too many young people have not heard, and this question gets at what what uh, the convictions of millennials, but it's not just millennials. This is across our society today that people feel the Bible's pro- prohibition of homosexual activity is somehow obsolete, um, or that uh, gender identity is is completely a matter of choice. Um, I think our response needs to be that the Bible knows the way to life. The Bible still knows the way to life and human flourishing. And that God has given a plan uh, for sexual expression within the bond of marriage between a man and a woman. And that's the way to life. And outside of that, uh, knowing Christ, and uh, let's say God never leads you into a marriage between a man and a woman. When you know Christ, he will be sufficient. And, and that's the way, that, that is the way to life. And every other alternative is, is a, a highway to, to misery and uh, to isolation. Um, the Bible still knows the way to life. Yeah, I think that it really comes back to how we value the, the revelation of God. First of all, if God is going to reveal himself to man, he's not going to reveal himself in a false way. He's not going to reveal himself in a shifting way. He says in Isaiah, uh, I didn't say, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what's right. And so when we come to the Bible, um, we have that, uh, we need to come with the understanding that this is true truth, that this is this is where we learn about the truth about God, about the truth about man, and about really something true about nature itself. Um, And so on the basis of Scripture, we might not come to an exhaustive knowledge of that truth, but we do have something that's true and it's it's unified. So uh, we can, you know, this becomes the fixed point in a shifting world. You know, everything around us is changing. You know, people's attitudes. I mean, we can take polls and it's going to go up one year and it's going to go down one year. And and those attitudes are changing. Where is the fixed point? And it's going to be what the Bible has said. And that's the truth uh, that is universal that we ought to agree with. On ethical issues, we tend to want to... Um condone behavior because it allows us to to um, feel good about ourselves yeah. um, mm-hmm. and so we don't want to say that homosexuality is wrong we don't want to say that um, those that are transgender are making are, are confused about identity and are, are deciding to to go against what God has has um, really determined for them um, but then 
But we also forget that when we begin to condone it, we're actually not being helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, in First Corinthians, Paul writes, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So if we say, no, your unrighteous behavior, it's okay, we're actually keeping them away from the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he goes on to say, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Mm-hmm. And it's the last part of that message that that's the hope that we extend to those that are struggling with some of these um, sexual issues. We come to them and say, that doesn't define you. Right. What can define you is that you can be washed, that you can be cleansed, that you can be justified, that you can become a child of God. That you've um, been made in the image of God, yes. and he can renew that in you that's in correct. true knowledge and holiness. He can do that. Yes. There's hope. But hope is not in denial. Mm-hmm. Hope and, is not in redefining. And and one of the things that we deny to people is the gospel, yeah. uh, the gospel that uh, teaches us to repent and have our sins forgiven. Um, you know, instead of condoning a sin, which the Bible is clear that these are sinful acts, when it says that they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, you know, and whether it's whether it's in sexual areas or whether it's in drunkenness or whether it's in other areas of immorality, uh, God, can, God can redeem that. God can change that. And we are to repent of those things and look to him. Mm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope uh, that this weekend you go worship with your local church. Um, worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you were made for, to glorify and enjoy him together with the rest of the church. This has been the Gospel for Life, and we will see you next time. 